Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 172 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and astrology. And my special guest is none other than V, the tarot BFF. Hello, V. Hey, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am great. I cannot complain. Busy, but great. (laughs) It's always good to be busy. Booked and busy is how I like it. Absolutely. Booked, busy, and blessed. Ah, I like it. (laughs) So, um, astrology, you brought this up as a subject to talk Mm -hmm. about. And I thought, oh my God, this is a great topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I started with astrology before I got into tarot. So I came into tarot through the astrology wheel. Uh, And I I think they go together pretty well. So before we start talking about that, I just want to know about how the heck did you get into astrology? I think it was just one of the things that was a mystery um, being when I was younger um, that I just wanted to know more about. Anything that was mysterious, unusual, peculiar, um, I was all into it, you know, and I, you know, knew I was a Taurus and started to read my horoscope when I was younger and trying to figure out, you know, how my horoscope and what this stuff in the paper, how it related to me during any given day, you know, and sometimes I would read it and say, well, it doesn't really sound like me. It doesn't sound like, you know, how my day went, but I'll take it with a grain of salt. I'm always a person for take the meat and leave the bones, you know? And um, so over the years, I'm also very interested in people. So (laughs) it's like, okay, when's your birthday? And then I'm like, okay, so I know the sun sign. I'm like, okay, now what do I know about the sun sign? And what is this going to tell me about this person? So putting those two things together and then continuing over time, picking up tarot, getting more into divination practices and studies and things of that nature. I'm like, oh, wait, there's more about astrology to help narrow a personality down even further. So then it became like a, a rabbit hole at that point, <laughs> you know, a deep dive into what else can I learn and how else can I learn? I mean, what else can I learn and how can I learn more about people? So which, which came first, astrology or tarot for you? Um, as a practice, tarot. Got it. Got it. I'm always curious about that. How, where did people get to tarot? Did that come first? Did astrology come first? It's fascinating to me. Yeah. So tarot was the first thing that I honestly just picked up to start to learn everything. Other things before that were just, I knew things and didn't know how I knew them, but tarot was my first love and baby. And from there it's like, oh, well this can sit with this and this branches out into here. And, and then everything else kind of came in from there. So how essential do you think astrology is, astrology knowledge is for tarot? Um, so here's my thing. For, for reading tarot and understanding tarot, and I'm very point blank and practical, you know, you don't need astrology to read tarot. But if you do know astrology, it can definitely open up your world of tarot. You know, it's a whole, it's a separate language, you know, that you can add to the vocabulary that you already have to go deeper, to pick things apart more. Um, So do you need it? No. Is it beneficial? Hell yeah. Well, Corrine Kenner wrote a book called Tarot and Astrology. 
And the title of the book, the, the subtitle is Enhance Your Readings with the Wisdom of the Zodiac. And I think that's the thing that is really important. It actually does enhance your readings. It adds an extra element. It does, very much so. Um, and I actually have that book. It's, it's my tarot and astrology Bible. I have certain books that are like the Bible of my studies. And that is definitely the Bible of tarot and astrology <laughs> studies. Yes. Well, I'm sure she would be thrilled to, to hear that. It, it's such a well-done, deep book. Yes. So tell me how you use astrology with your tarot readings. Um, I've actually just um, started a new offer called A Cosmic Palatin. Um, all of my readings are named after drinks. So this is the Cosmic Palatin. And what it is is a, um, a natal chart reading or birth chart reading. And what I do is I look at your birth chart as a whole and um, lay the tarot cards that are associated with the planets and the signs on top of a chart. Mm, I so love now, that. So now it's not just what I know of astrology, but then how does a tarot card and the properties and the elements and you know, what that card is about, the meaning, how does that also play into your personality as you as a person? Okay, so I'm a Gemini and my son is in the eighth house and I've got a moon in Scorpio in the second house. What cards would you be picking and what would that tell you about me? Okay, so one more time, you have to say it again because I have to write it down so I can look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a son in Gemini in the eighth house. Okay, let's see. We're giving you folks a live example here because that's how we learn the best with examples. Okay. And then I have my moon in Scorpio in the second house. Scorpio second. Um, and that's, okay. Alrighty. So sun in Gemini, the card related to Gemini is um, the lovers. Okay. So we would say, and the way that I like to read it is that the planet is a person, okay? The sign is the energy that it is dressed in. So it's the clothing that it wears, okay? So we have this, the lovers basically. Um, uh, so your son is in the eighth house. So it's like your being is in this eighth house. Eighth house is all about sex, death, and other people's money and the unknown, so that is where <laughs> that is where you feel most at home. You know, that is kind of like where you shine um, with the sun being there. And then with Gemini and the lovers, it's like a choice. It's like whatever you get into, it has to feel like love. If it doesn't feel like love, you're, you're not interested. Okay. Very true. So the things in that house are very interesting to you and you merge. And so, you know, Scorpio is you know, the lovers. Um, has this sense of um, of pairing, of chemistry, of complementing. So everything that you use, it, it all complements not only what you do in the world, but who you are as a person. Mm, I love that. And then with your moon and Scorpio and the second house, um, so your moon talks about your emotions and um, Scorpio is related to death. And so with emo emotionally, there's a lot of kind of death and transformation that happens with you. There's a lot of things that, you know, emotionally you let go of to allow for new emotions to come in. And it's funny because it's in your second house opposite your eighth, which is also about, you know, assets and money and beauty and things of that nature. So there may be some um, emotional transitions um, with the way that you self-care yourself, um, with the way you handle your money, you know, um, and what you consider to be a value. 
you know, if you're emotionally tied to it, you're like, yes, I'm keeping this forever, you know, but sometimes when that emotion changes and you're just like, "Uh, okay, time for something new, I can pitch this and we're on to the next thing. That is so awesome. And you know, that, that really kind of blows my mind because I'm thinking also the eighth house is about merging and what are, what are, what are Gemini's always trying to do? We're always trying to merge Mm -hmm. both sides of our personality. So that's fascinating. I love that. Yes. So for my, for the offering that I have, it's like, I go through the whole birth chart and talk about the planets and where things are and (laughs) discussing the houses and to just to give people a sense of self-awareness. A lot of people say, I don't know why I do what I do. I just know that I do it. Or I don't understand why I can't get, you know, past this thing. Why can't I focus on things? But then we look at, you know, how many planets do you have that are mutable? That's why you can't focus and why you have squirrel mentality, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Same here. I have like six, I think, in, in, uh, that are mutable. <laughs> so I have seven. So I'm raising my hand for people who can't see. We are raising our hands. Yes, mutable. Focus. So, um, so it really helps people to understand that, number one, they're not crazy. And that kind of where the stars were when you were born made you who you are. So now you can't have an excuse and say, oh, I'm a Gemini, so that's why I do what I do and get over it. It's more of, <laughs> I understand this about myself and how can I continue to grow and evolve to work <clears throat> with the energy that was born upon me? So we can use tarot and astrology to really uh, uncover your personality. Are there other ways that you could incorporate tarot into astrology? Um. Before I started doing charts, I would just, you know, especially the majors that will come up um, in readings um, and adding that information as I'm just doing my regular, you know, tarot readings. Um, You know, seeing uh, the biggest one that I like to talk about is uh, the Wheel of Fortune and, you know, it being related to growth and expansion. Everybody talks about, oh, I'm going to get money. It's going to be fortunate. It's the whole thing. Like, yeah, but there is a, a growing period that goes with that sense of expansion. You know, it's not always fun and games. There are cycles that happen within that growth. So just being able to explain more within the tarot with the astrology. Now, you mentioned about the majors, some of them being um, associated with different tarot cards or I mean, with different astrology signs. So for the people who are listening, which cards go with what signs starting with Aries? Whew, I'm on, I'm on spot. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that. I know. Okay. Um, Aries is the emperor. Yep. Yes. Um, Taurus is the hierophant. Um, Gemini is the lovers. Uh, uh, cancer, cancer, period. Uh, Leo is um, strength. Yes. Um, what comes after Leo? Obviously. Virgo. <laughs> Virgo is the hermit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Libra is justice. Um, I'm like doing it in my head, like going around the wheel. <laughs> I know. I always do that too. I do it all in my head. Um, Scorpio is death. Uh, Scorpio. Um, Sagittarius <laughs> is temperance. <laughs> um, uh, Capricorn. Capricorn is the devil. Yes, that's the end of it. I'm like, I'm oh, trying to, like, so I'm doing Aquarius that. and Pisces. All right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 11th house. <laughs> 
Aquarius is the star. And then Pisces is uh, the, the moon. Ah, yes. Excellent. And you know, one of the things that I feel that astrology and tarot are good for is for timing. Because you can look at those astrology things and that can help people with timing. Like, for example, if you get the lovers and they're like, well, when is it going to happen? You could say, well, it looks like it's going to happen around between the end of May and into June. Mm-hmm. You know, or if it, if we get the star, we know it's going to be happening then around the end of January into February. That's one of the ways I use astrology nice. in my tarot readings. Okay. Okay. And it's funny because it you can use it in so many ways. That's, I haven't even, I didn't even think about that, but I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. You know? Yeah. Because people always wanted to know when something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the ways that I uh, use the astrology in tarot. And now I would start to play around with that in my readings to see in my own personal life to see like, what can I do here with that? You know, just to test it and, you know, adopt it. Cause I'm always open for new ideas of bringing in things that I already have and already know. Yes. What what you're talking about here anyways, is incorporating something and blending it into tarot Mm -hmm. so that it can become deeper. And there's so many ways to also work with astrology that can be very helpful for understanding yourself to picking perfect timing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so together, I think they really are a pretty potent tool. I agree. And of course, there's always relationship questions and, you know, what, who, who am I and what kind of partner would suit me best? You know, and looking into that seventh house to find out committed partnerships, what do you need for something for you to be like, okay, this is the thing. So what's on the cusp of your seventh house and what does that reveal for you? Um, I am um, Pisces on the seventh house, but it is right inside of Pisces outside of um, Aquarius. So for me, I'm looking for me, someone that is imaginative and dreamy and um, can go with the flow a lot, (laughs) you know, Um, but being, it's funny because being with that Aquarius, like I said, is right inside um, someone that's also detached. So I don't need someone that's going to be clingy, you know, and able to communicate and talk. And the funny thing is my fiance is exactly that, you know, mm-hmm. he's a DJ and he's very go with the flow. Any problem that I bring to him, he's like, okay, so let's talk about it. All right. Just figure out what you got to do right now. Like he's just nothing, nothing sticks to him. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I needed that. <laughs> So that would be, so that would be the moon energy that go with the flow, which is what Mm -hmm. the moon is all about. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have Aries on the seventh house cusp. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course I do. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? And so so for relationships and my card would be Aries, um, the emperor. So what would that reveal to me about relationships? So for you, a partner would definitely have to, um, Number one, have some some gusto about them. Like you can't have somebody that you can run over, you know? Of course, you want to have this sense of being <laughs> treated like an equal, but someone that definitely understands how to run a ship, you know, that understands process, procedure, strategizing, um, you know, all of that kind of good stuff. But um, also with that emperor, um, you need someone that is going to show you strongly how they feel and care about you, mm-hmm. you know, not shy away from, you know, oh, I might kind of like, you know, you need someone that is bold and in your face about this is how I feel. So that is so question. true. <laughs> 
and you, you know, questions. And you know me well. I'm very straightforward about how I feel about people. Mm-hmm. If I like you, you know I like you. And if I don't like you, you don't yeah. know I exist because I am out of there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I, love, I love this idea of using it with astrology in your chart in this way. This is very useful. Mm-hmm. So we can look at other parts of our charts, we can look at our midheaven, and if we put a tarot card on that, that can that can give us a lot of ideas then about how to really activate our midheaven for our fullest potential in the world. Exactly. Or we can look at our, you know, second house, the house of money, and see what's going on in there. So this is this is really good good advice. Mm-hmm. It's funny because my fourth house of home is on uh, is Scorpio, and that's death. And I always tell people, you know, as light and as bright and shiny and beaming as I am, my living room and the where I live is dark. All of my furniture is black. <laughs> like, so it's really like this heavy Scorpio intensity of where I feel safe, <laughs> you know, when I come home at night. So I just, just putting that in perspective and looking at things as a whole, it's like, that's why I, you know, don't have a bright and airy place. Why I like it kind of enclosed and dark and, but it feels like home to me. And that's why. And I have Aquarius on my fourth house cusp. You know, and uh, so that's with my love of technology. But, mm-hmm. you know, Aquarius, uh, the fourth house for people who are listening, it's about your upbringing. And I could not wait to get independent from an early age. I wanted to get out, get out of the house. And mm-hmm. my household then would be the star. Mm-hmm. And to me, the star, though, the one thing I will say, it looks so clean and uncluttered. And I'm very cluttery. <laughs> Unfortunately. But, you know, but you might have something, you know, crossing that or going an aspect that's, you know, kind of goes along with that. So, or the planets that are within that fourth house and aspecting and things of that nature. But um, I'm trying to think growing up fourth house, there was, it was pretty intense in my home. It was a quiet intensity in my home, yeah. you know, and um, looking, I can see it looking back when, I, when you're in it, you don't necessarily see it all the time. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, it was a, there was a quiet intensity at home. So let me ask you this then. Mm-hmm. Could you look at the current transits that are happening and, and throw some tarot cards out for that? Like, let's say right now, if you have a Virgo rising, um, mm-hmm. which is what you obviously have. Mm-hmm. And if we looked at where Capricorn was in your chart, my daughter yeah. also has Virgo rising. So that would place... Capricorn in your fifth house, mm-hmm. which is a great time for, by the way, getting married. Mm-hmm. And there's been a bunch of planets stacked in the fifth house for you. Uh, yeah. We've had Jupiter, we've had Saturn, we've had Pluto. Mm-hmm. So that would be, we could pull the cards for those and look at what's going on in your fifth house. So, you know, we could get really down a rabbit hole here. And then my, my moon, my natal moon is in the fifth house. Ah, so if you have the moon in the fifth house and you've got all these other planets stacking up, mm-hmm. this is crazy. It's was it when I started with saying it, it is just busy. <laughs> yes, going on, and this is why. <laughs> and we can look at that at those tarot cards and the planets, and you can lay that, and that can add another layer mm-hmm. of interpretation. I mean, you can really get deep if you add the tarot and the astrology together in that way too. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's a whole, it's a whole rabbit hole of more learning and more diving and more dissecting. And I'm pretty sure once you get that far, you probably find another way to get a deeper layer of something or another. But yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm like, right now I'm just like kind of on the surface. And it's like, I've always, like I said, in, astrology has been a love of mine. <clears throat> but recently, once when, when your book came out, you know, astrology for real life, because I'm all about that. I was like, okay, let me, let me dive back into it. I know some things and I studied um, um, Kareem's book for years. And I'm like, okay, well, let me pull that back out. Let me pull out all of my astrology things. And so then when your book out came out and I was kind of going through that, I'm like, oh, I, this love has kind of revamped itself. Good. Now, how can I transform it? How can I evolve what I knew? And kind of just kept quiet because it was just like, okay, I know it. I added, you know, sprinkle it here and there. But how do I make it a main dish? You know, how do I make it bigger? So this is what it's kind of turned into. And so now my focus on what else can I learn about astrology and how else can I get more information? What else can I make? What else can I create with it? I love your curiosity. I love that so much. I mean, I I hope we always remain curious about tarot and never get too stuck. I also, we never want to get too stuck in our tarot opinions Mm-hmm. Or even our astrology opinions. And if we always keep an open mind and incorporate things and keep learning, tarot is only going to grow with us. And our practices and our voices as modern tarot readers is only going to get deeper and more interesting. Yes. And I love that so, so much. And I love that people are starting to be more open to it, open-minded. Um, the one thing that I, I was very transparent about and talked about on one of my lives was, um, in this place of trying to find partnership and committed relationship again, um, I use my powers for evil versus good because I would get information on their birth chart to figure out who they were. And then I would kind of be a chameleon to kind of form myself into what I knew they needed. Did that work out? Hell no. (laughs) You know, It was having the knowledge of, oh, this is who you are and this is what you need. Sure, I can be that, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, I wasn't being anything of myself, but that was how much I craved, you know, partnership at that time. That's so what I call astral manipulation. Yes, definitely. And, and it, that, that always leads to an inauthentic relationship. I think astrology, here's how I like to use it with relationships. I like to look at the makeup of a person's chart and then respect who they are. Uh-huh. I yes. don't try to like change myself. Yeah. Like for example, we use my daughter. My daughter's got a moon in Taurus. I've got a moon in Scorpio. Our moons oppose each other. Woo. So yeah, I know right off then uh-huh. and her chart is almost all fixed and mine is almost all mutable. So okay. I know we are two very different animals and I have to respect that mm. she's stubborn. She doesn't mm. like change. She needs structure. Yep. And she's got to learn also that I need lots of breathing room. Mm-hmm. And as long as we both recognize that, we can have a successful partnership. And that doesn't mean I have to change or she has to change who we are at the core, but we can learn to respect each other's differences. And there's where astrology is magic in relationships. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't believe there's no chart that's, that's compatible or incompatible. It's if mm-hmm. you are going to respect that person and learn how to work with that energy. Yes. So when my fiance and I started dating, I was like itching. Like, I want to know. I want to know. And then I was like, no, we're not going to know. We're just going to let this happen organically. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And it worked. And it was working for a good long time before I actually asked to see his chart, to ask for his information. And then I pulled it up and then I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And then it wasn't any more than that. (laughs) But we had solidified relationship. We had learned our differences and you know, how to work through them and all that kind of good stuff. And so much better than trying to manipulate the system. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. That's the same thing, even with tarot readings. You get a reading, mm-hmm. it can show you the potential, the possibility. You still have to live your life and make good choices. Yes, definitely. So, and I think this is this topic was a great choice. Speaking of great choices, so V, where can people learn to uh, about you? Where can they work with you? Where can they get this Cosmopolitan reading? You guys can find me at www.redlightreadings.com. Um, and I am all over the social internets and webs um, as Red Light Readings. So Instagram is at Red Light Readings. Um, on Facebook is Red Light Readings. And Twitter is actually Red Light Reading with no S. They played me on the S. So, <laughs> but I am there as well. <laughs> and I will tell all people that B is one of my go-to people that I always refer others to because she is an amazing reader and such a good human. B, thank you for being in my world and making time to me to talk with me today about tarot and astrology. Thank you so so much for having me. You know, whenever you you are one of my mentors and I will praise you all day and all night because you were the first one to pick me up and say let's go. You got this. Let's make it happen. You got me out of my head. And for that, I am forever grateful. Well, that's because in a past life, I was a talent scout. I <laughs> no talent. <laughs> so everybody, get over to Red Light Readings. You know you want a reading, and that is the place to go to get in the know. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, too. And that's thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, lots of other books. I've got new books coming out, too. I've got hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many good things. That is a mouthful. Woo! Anyhow, thanks again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging this podcast, I would love it if you would head on over to iTunes and leave a positive review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. And let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.